Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. in studio hello Pat. hey man how you doing what is the new show the new show that we're diving into on the vicarious living podcast i'll give you a hint this particular show a is a teen drama you probably could have guessed that mm-hmm. and b is named after a zip code mm-hmm. any guesses beverly hills 66715 you're close beverly hills 1711 teens Little warmer. Beverly Hills 90216. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, Beverly Hills 90210. I would say going back to where teen drama started. Yeah. Because I think this is the first. At least in a television show format. What uh, What year did it come out, by the way? 1999 to 2000. It ran for 10 years. That's pretty extensive. 1999 or 89? 1990. Oh, 1990. 1992, 2000. It was a 10-year run. 10, 10 years. Um, okay, so housekeeping, though. Before we get into Beverly Hills 90210, for our next show, give our shit. VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com and VicariousLivingPodcast on Instagram. Slide in. Email away, please. And you said you, you did like Lauren S., her last podcast appearance on 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. She was great. You guys crushed it. Um, I really want to rewatch that movie now. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. 10 Things yeah. I Hate About You? It's really good. I remember because we were talking about what movies that we might do, and I was like, let's do 10 Things I Hate About You. And you're like, no, no, no. It's reserved. Yeah. I'm like, 10 I swear. Because I got a text from Becky M. afterwards, and she was like, what the fuck? You did 10 things without me? I requested that. Anna from HR, my own very wife, requested it, mm-hmm. and you requested it, and it's like... It hits all the notes. That movie's just it. awesome. She got it in first. Um, okay, so the format that we're going to do on Beverly Hills 90210 is the same that we did on Dawson's Creek. Four episodes, four podcasts, four parts. So in this first part on Beverly Hills, when we go back to where it all started, we're going to do the pilot and then episode two and three. I'm cool with that. So bef- let's explain the plot of this show. The main plot of this show, before we get into our player breakdown for the teens, why don't we explain the plot with a little of intro music? Mm-hmm. For Beverly Hills 80s. Yeah, super 80s. And it's just coming in on the... T- <laughs> there is a lot of 80s guitar throughout this whole thing. The intro song super drenched. And a lot of... We, we did notice this, and it's not as egregious as it was in One Tree Hill, but a lot of like emotional, sappy music bed in the background when people are having a moment with each other. Yeah, I'm But it's honest. not as jarring. I need less of it. I could always use less of that. It's t- it's so hard watching these shows back with that just like as a overlay to whatever scene that's happening because I'm just like, I want less. Yeah, <laughs> so less. <laughs> um, okay, so the plot of this show, it's essentially this. This guy, Brandon, and his sister, mm-hmm. Brenda, a.k.a. Shannon Doherty, mm-hmm. and Jason Priestley. They move from Minnesota to Beverly Hills, and that's where the plot ends. 
Yeah, that's pretty much the setup. The, I mean, it, classic fish out of water story. Yeah, it's hey, we have. Well, let's just see what happens when you take a Midwest kid and female kid and just fucking drop them in like the richest part of the country. But I, it, it's a perfect conceit for the show because I mentioned while we we're watching it, it totally does the move where you know these shows have to make you have that vicarious living. Mm-hmm. thing uh-huh. where you're just like a midwest kid in high school watching this show and you just want so badly to not be in your life but to be like experiencing this mind-blowing other reality yeah and so having the kids actually go from the midwest to the fucking other reality was a great idea so in my opinion i just think we would do the same things if our parents plucked us out of the midwest dude and took us to la yeah we would immediately be in the cool crew, just dude, like fucking Brandon and Brandon. We just would have woven ourselves into the cool crowd on the first day. Oh, dude. You know how there's all those stories of like what you need to do in prison on like day one, like punch a guy out? Yeah. I feel like we do that for, you know, when we're hanging out with other teens in high school. Mm-hmm. Like we got day one stuff that we got to do to immediately get in with the cools. I uh, I wrote down in my notes that Brandon, our, our one of our main characters, he's just like he's good at being solo. Okay, you know what? Let's are we let's gonna get into it? it? Yeah, like, let's 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 use this your transition into Brandon with a player breakdown for Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Here it is. <laughs> so yes brandon i think he, you got to be comfortable when you're solo brandon definitely has that and also by the way real quick is we're gonna spend a little time on like brandon and brenda and a couple characters but there's like eight main characters in the show so some of them on this player breakdown we're just gonna have to go like quick hitters on yeah, we're definitely breaking our core four rule on this show Oh, so true. Mm-hmm. This is more into that uh, Friday Night Lights camp of like a yeah. lot of people. A lot of people. So, Brandon, he's the main guy. Um, yes, I think he hangs by himself really well. I think another thing that's cool about him, great hair. Oh, yeah. Sick great hair. fucking flow. And awesome eyes. Yeah, great eyes. Like nice piercing blue eyes with a great flow. The most hilarious thing about him is in the pilot... He was just working with a full-on fucking mullet situation. <laughs> like a massive party in the back. Back then, you could do it. And as soon as they got out of the pilot, guess whose mullet <laughs> went the fuck away? <laughs> um, you actually, you looked over at me. And at first, I thought you were just messing around. You were just like, is Brandon a hot guy? And that I was, was like, that I, I don't, that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fine. You had to double check, but I was just like, dude. Yeah. He's hot. Yeah. I regretted that. So confirmed. That was one of those, like, you just say it out loud without thinking, but then, like, as soon as you say it and the other person, like, says, what? Back, (laughs) and then you're like, oh, that was dumb. Yeah, but for a quick second, I thought either A, he's messing with me, or B, I'm working with a complete amateur at this point. No, I'm not. Dude, you know I'm a fucking (laughs) pro with the teens. Um, Okay. So the, the last thing about him that I'll just say, and then we'll move on, because like I said, these are going to be quick hitters. Massive fun fact. Um, he wrote in his book in 2017 that he punched Harvey Weinstein in the face at a party. Really? Yeah. Well, so did he give any backstory on why this happened? He said, uh, revealed in 2017 that he punched Harvey Weinstein in the face. He explained on Twitter that Weinstein had asked him to leave a Golden Globes party hosted by Miramax, the studio Weinstein co-founded. As Priestley prepared to exit, a heated argument ensued over whether Weinstein had actually asked Priestley to depart. The studio honcho grabbed Priestley's arm and was squeezing it as he suggested they go outside and talk about this. And then he made him leave. Damn. So it really doesn't say what it was over. I bet, like, Brandon caught him, like, fucking beating off or something into a potted plant. And then he asked him to leave so he didn't embarrass him and stuff. Probably. I, I don't had know. to guess. 
Um, okay, so let's get off of him. That's quick hitter on him. Next one is Brenda, a.k.a. Shannon Doherty. Bren. This girl, dude, she is like a total drama queen in real life. Have you ever heard stories about her? No. Oh, give me give me one. Yeah. Did she punch so, uh, Harvey Weinstein at No, all? first off, she was removed from Beverly Hills 90210 after four seasons. <laughs> what? This just show because was, she was just so hard to deal with? Yeah. Like, she was that difficult. This show was on the air for 10 seasons. She didn't even make it through 50%. And she's one of the two main characters. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're not going to get that far along. How does no. she... Did she get... Uh, they said... Um, she had familyed off or... No, they... Well, I don't know how she they go away to college leave. and they don't hear back from her? Does I don't she know how die? they make her leave, but they said that um, the entire cast hated her. Like, she was constantly in conflicts with the actual cast members. And that's why when they just did that reboot show on, like, E! or whatever, Beverly Hills, she's the only cast member who is not on it. Everyone else did it. Yikes. Be um, cool to your co-workers, kids. Yeah. Co-workers. Uh, it also said that she was just constantly late as fuck. Like, she was never showing up to the set on time. Um, other things, she had to go to anger management at some point in her life. The reason was she had a bunch of incidents, and then it find, the last one that forced it on was... She smashed a beer bottle into a car windshield of someone she was getting into an argument with. That'll get you. And then the other one I read is that she was just writing a whole bunch of fucking bad checks, totaling over $30,000. And so they had to go back and, like, the government had to garnish her uh, Beverly Hills wages to get the money back from all the bad checks that she was writing. Man. Far departure from her character in the show, trying to like cut her own stylish jeans to save some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last thing I wrote is is she attractive? Uh, at times. I yeah, because sometimes I'm into her. Yeah, but like I don't know why, because then I'm not. I don't know. I mean, with these close cut, like these close calls, it's almost like in baseball, like the tie goes to the runner. Like after all, she's a Hollywood actress. Mm-hmm. So like. Odds are, if you saw her, so maybe maybe in the Miley Cyrus camp, yeah. Like, I don't think in the wild, if you saw her out of context of Miley Cyrus and out of Hollywood, like rich, pretty, you would ever notice her on the street. But if you saw her as Miley Cyrus, you'd be like, "Oh, it'd be cool to have sex." Yeah. So you're saying if you saw Miley on the street, just like being Miley, you wouldn't think she was cute. Not if she didn't have all of her, like, rich Hollywood, like, makeup and, like, cool Hollywood clothes, probably, like, cool ripped jeans and stuff, and, like, just cool L.A. clothes. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, okay, so those are the big ones here. Real quick hitters. We're going to go quick through some of these. Jenny Garth, a.k.a. Kelly. Only thing I wrote down on her, fun fact-wise, she lost... Saved by the Bell role of Kelly Kapowski to Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Makes sense. One of the hottest girls of all time. To this day. To this day. Still and got it. Fun fact about her, she's actually a massive character on Beverly Hills. You know what I think they did? I think when Shannon Doherty left. Swapped her out. They brought in uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Probably yeah. a good call. Okay. Gabrielle Carteres, who cares? Her name's Andrea in the show. Only thing I wrote about her, she was 29 while filming, and it shows. Yeah, she. Uh, she's the editor of the school paper. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's in high school. I have no idea how they fucking cast her as a 16-year-old, because honestly, she doesn't even look like she's 29. I'm 30. She looks like she could be like the editor at the New York Times. Yeah. I'm 32 right now, and when I was looking at her on screen, I thought that was a girl that's older than me. Now. Also, insane Fupas situation in her 80s clothes situation. Those 80s jeans are tricky. Why don't you explain what a Fupas is to the kids? (laughs) (laughs) The real Look that up, kids. Look that up. If you want to know what we're talking about when we say Fupas. Look it up. It's pretty bad on her. Okay, Tori Spelling, Donna Martin, another quick one. Daughter of Aaron Spelling, who is the producer of this show. Super rich, dude. Yeah, so that I guess that's how she slides into the cast. Um, I just wrote a couple things on her. 
Uh, tons of plastic surgery now in life, and she looks like a pterodactyl slash dinosaur, not unlike um, Irene Marie. Shout out Irene Marie. She's probably still listening. Hey, friend of the pod. Shout out Irene Marie. Thanks for that uh, post on our Instagram. We love it. Um, and then, oh, last thing about Tori Spelling, massive head size. Didn't notice, but I'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled. It's like one third the total body height of her whole body. <laughs> so no shots fired, Tori Spelling. Cool of your dad to create this show. Steve Sanders, Ian Ziering. Uh, I actually kind of like this guy. I love this guy, dude. I'm all in. <laughs> like on right when he first popped on the screen, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be like the kind of the guy who's just an asshole to our main character, and he's gonna have like this instant rivalry built in." But turns out he's just like kind of friendly. He reminded me a lot of Luke from the OC after Luke became like cool and self-aware. Yeah. Like he's kind of, he's rich and he's a douche, but he's kind of like in on on it. He's in on his doucheness. And he's not, he's very unattractive, which maybe is why he's down to earth, so to speak. Yeah. But like he pulls up in a Corvette and he's the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend of Kelly, or one of our main girls. And you're like, Jenny oh, Garth. this guy is set up to be, like, that guy. But he seemingly is just kind of cool. Yeah. He, but he, also a douche. He's a douche, but he's kind of, like, in on the joke, and, like, we're all we're all down with it. Also, his... He's not mean. We'll just say this. No. He's not, a, he's not a bully. He's not a bully, and I loved some of his outfits. Like, one scene we were talking about... Um, a lot of scrunched down high socks in the 80s. Not very good elastic on the socks in the 80s. They horrible. just droop down to the ankles. Damn, dude. Horrible elastic in the 80s. You're right on that. And then he was wearing um, those scrunched down high socks with super 80s like Reebok gym shoes. Big high tops with a huge tongue. Yeah. Um, and then like uh, khaki shorts and a blazer. Oh yeah, well, it was amazing. A mullet, it was amazing. Yeah, a curly mullet. <laughs> then he proceeded to get blacked out in that outfit at the party. Yeah, that he was did. an awesome look for him. I think that's also why we liked him because episode one in the pilot, he just got blacked out at yeah. a party, a high school party, and like that was the best. Nice drunk too. He's a friendly guy. Um, to last, the core. Last cool thing about him, dude. Maybe you've heard of it, Sharknado. Yeah, I've He's heard of it. The main guy. In Sharknado? With Tara Reid. Damn. Like I've Shark- never seen it. I've never Sharknado seen it. Sharknado 1, Sharknado 2, Sharknado 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> Fucking Ian Ziering <laughs> is the star in all five of those directed Has anything movies. ever been run into the ground harder than Sharknado? So Quicker. Sharknado, what is the premise of that? It's just there's tornadoes and sharks get caught in them, and it's like what you do when... There's sharks flying in the air at you. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So we're in on him. Um, last character, last small character, and then we're going to transition into the main fucking dude when we get into the plot of episode three. But last small character, B.A.G., Brian Austin Green, a.k.a. David Silver in the show. And I just wrote down, he became the hottest. Yeah, you can already tell. I mean, at this point, he's kind of a little boy. Yeah, he's young. But hot. Hot little boy, you mm-hmm. think? <laughs> that goes on record as Pat said that. Pat, <laughs> Pat said he's hot little boy. I was giving uh, intern Whitney shit because she's super into that Timothy Chalamet guy. Oh, yeah. He's who's just hot like, right he's now. little boy hot. Yeah. And I was convinced that he was like 16. It turns out that he's like 21, so she was off the hook. But it was a close call. No, so Brian Austin Green, unlike uh, Timothy, is uh, 17. So he is, when he filmed this, 16, 17. So he is jailbait. in that. Jailbait. <laughs> B-A-G, total jailbait. Um, dude, but it, he's crushing now. Like, he was in his 40s and totally snagged Megan Fox at her peak. Cool. He dated her right after she did Transformers. Ever heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. I remember it well. Yeah. So this guy is like a 45-year-old was just snagging like the hottest 21-year-old on planet Earth when she did Transformers. No big deal. Did he do any other movies or is he just kind of still coasting on this? I've never seen him in anything else. 
I have honestly, there is only one guy in this entire cast that I have seen in any movie, and I have seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of shows. I owned over 800 DVDs. R.I.P. Most of your DVDs. R.I.P. How are you going on the sale, by the way? I've probably sold like seven, over 700 of them. Not bad. Yeah. It's pretty A lot sweet. of profit, probably. But now I'm at like the <laughs> tail end of selling all my DVDs to where I'm literally letting some of these go for... Like I'm essentially paying random eBay people to just like buy... Like just... Hey, I'll give you two dollars. Hey, kids, take... if you need like bewitched on DVD, slide into it. <laughs> yeah, DMs. and not the old one, the the new two thousand five one with Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman. Genuinely own that on DVD. Really nice. I'm <laughs> selling it in the Will Ferrell bulk that hasn't uh, sold yet. That was a guess by me, but I you just have so many DVDs that I assumed you had it. Like literally, this guy. The most recent sale I made was I sold the entire first season and second season of Boy Meets World. And the first season of Cheers for $2. <laughs> to some guy who doesn't have Netflix. Type. Yeah, to some loser who doesn't have Netflix. Okay, should we get off of the characters? Character breakdown over. Is it time to get into episode three? I think it is. Episode three, The Green Room. We're going to go through the plot in this. And to do that, this is the last extension of our character breakdown and the reason why we waited to bring this guy up until we got into episode three was because he is arguably, in this podcaster's opinion, sitting here in this podcast studio, he is the fucking star. Luke Perry. Luke P. R.I.P. R.I.P. Damn it. Yeah, he did die this like past year. Bullshit. Um, he is the only guy that I've honestly seen in anything else in my life. And he was the dad in Riverdale. Yeah. Did he do anything else besides that? I don't think so. Huh. But, dude, so I just wrote down, honestly, for some reason, the first thing I wrote down about Luke Perry was just hashtag early 90s goals. <laughs> what, with the overalls? <laughs> I think it was just like his attire, and as you can tell, we kind of have like similar hair. Yeah. Situation. His is a little tighter, a little lower. Yes, mine's higher. Yeah, you're working with about four inches. Yeah, he only had a couple inches of height on his. But um, I just, dude, his 90s attire was crushing. He's driving like an old, like beat up Porsche. If I could just put a visual that you saying that reminded me. I think of 50s James Dean when I see Luke Perry in Beverly Hills 90210. There you go. He's driving it like a Porsche convertible. He's got the leather, black leather jacket with just a white, plain white tee underneath. That hair like mine where it's like four inches in the uh, height in the front. But his is not buzzed on the side. It's like slick back, like fucking soda pop and... um, (laughs) What's that movie? The Outsiders. The Outsiders. He looks like that. And then he's got uh, high top Chuck T's on. He's killing it. He looks like a hot James Dean 50s guy. He's um, like covered in mystery too. Like nobody at the school really knows what his deal no, is. I know. Like one of the fucking uh, things that was just like floating around about him when he was introduced was like, oh, Dylan? Yeah. I heard he hooked up with a girl in Paris. <laughs> He's like, what? No, they said he's, he got a girl pregnant in Paris. Oh, yeah, he got a girl he's pregnant. He's got a kid and a little yeah. French baby somewhere. I mean, damn, dude. What a I mean, if you want to be cool in high school, you got to have rumors floating around about you. Yeah, I think the cool thing about him, too, like it even created mystery for us because he didn't show up in the first two episodes. We didn't, yeah, we didn't get him until episode three. I think you made the comment like they watched the pilot and the, like, the network picked it up or whatever, but some of the executives were like, okay, we love the show, but we really need somebody from the other side of the tracks. We really need an edge here. Yeah, so hold on. Before we get into that, um, first off, I read this thing. The character of Dylan was only supposed to appear in six episodes. So he was supposed to come in episode three and then be gone by episode nine. And why they make him so hot and cool? I don't know. So Fox executives weren't sold on the fictional character or Luke Perry's acting ability. But like Aaron Spelling was just like 100% all in on him. So it says Aaron Spelling used his own funds to pay Luke Perry's salary 
during the entire season one and then just like forced him to be on the screen and waited to for the positive audience reaction to like come in and then like as soon as the studio saw the audience reaction to him then they're like fucking locked in and in season two they added him to the regular cast nice and fucking Aaron Spelling paid all of his first year salary to make that happen that's insane that, that's nice believing little, in someone, dude. It's a nice little tidbit. I think um, what I liked most about him was he's, like, a lot of times we talk about these characters having layers, and it takes a while, and we're like, eh, I don't like him yet, but I think they'll layer him up. With him, it's, like, it's insta-layers. Oh, he's... Like, he comes so in... So many layers. And in that first episode, it's just, like, boom, 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 three or four layers. Boom, 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 layer, boom, layer, boom, layers. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, what's that? What is that? Oh, it's another fucking layer. He's stacked up. But yeah, I like it. He's got the what? He's got the rich parents, like aren't there, don't care about him. Yeah, we don't know. He's too like much. kind of a bad boy, but he's like really wants to be friends with Brandon and is like earnestly like trying to be his friend. Yeah, he's in that camp of like Ryan Atwood, where it's like, except he does Ryan Atwood a lot better. Yeah, but he's <laughs> in that does. camp of like, I think he's a bad bad boy. But yeah. it seems like he's got, like, a heart of gold because he's always, like, when push comes to shove, even though he's doing all these shitty things, he, like, does the right thing and, like, has people's backs. So, anyways, let's go back to what you were talking about where the producers, uh, so you be, you be, uh, a guy who's, like, giving notes. Wait, do you want to be the guy who's giving notes no, or, that's the, you. or the producer? I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll you be. You be a producer. Okay, I'll be, I'll be the guy giving yeah. notes. All right, dude. Hey, I just watched your. Uh, I watched your new pilot. You know. Oh, pilot. great! What do you like about it? I, it's uh, we we worked really hard on it. And we're we're pretty proud with the product. No, yeah, I love it. I love it. Look. Yeah. Do you think we have like one of the things that I'm a little nervous about is that we just have so many characters. Like we packed all the characters Ooh, in. No, no, no. That's not the issue. That's no? not the issue. No. I and let me just first just say that I love it. It's a great show. You guys did a fantastic job. Okay. Okay. I was a little worried because we were thinking maybe maybe get rid of a, a character. Or two. No, 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 no. I actually think we might need some more. Really? Yeah. So biggest note here, and again, take okay. this in the spirit in which it's intended. Oh, no, sure. Yeah, like that's I why I'm there. I love positive. I love any kind of feedback. Yeah. Yeah, because you guys did great. Mm-hmm. So... Everyone seemed like they were from the right side of the tracks. Oh, yeah. No, the, yeah. The Minnesota, the wholesome kids, and right. then, you know, all the rich people in, in California. Hills, and, you know, you yeah. get them together, and then it's just crazy. Right. Yeah. It's perfect. Can we get someone from the wrong side of the tracks? Uh, or the Ooh. creek. The Ooh. wrong side of the creek. It could like be the wrong side of the just somebody from the other side of some object? Wrong side of the plateau. Okay. Wrong side of the garbage can. It really doesn't matter. It's yeah. just wrong side. Should we pull somebody in from Chino? Or have you ever heard of Chino? No, that's too trashy. Yeah. Let's not do Chino, so obviously. Maybe gross. what about somebody who's like the wrong side of the tracks and is edgy, but they're also super rich? Mm. How's that grab you? Oh, so like they're really rich, they just don't tell anyone they're really rich? Yeah, they're, they're like, like the... secret rich and mysterious. Okay. Uh-huh. I like that, but then let me also just say that I really love 50s guys. Yeah, ooh. Like 50s a, hot guys. Like a James Dean type? Uh-huh. Well, what, let me pitch you this. Okay. What about like a like a James Dean with an earring? How many? Just one. Loop little earring. Love it. I love yeah. that idea by you. I'm so glad you came up on that all on your own. Yes, love it. You're greenlit. <laughs> You're greenlit for a whole season one. Oh, great to hear. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's probably actually how it went down because uh, it was like they played the pilot and it was two parts. <laughs> so the first two episodes were essentially the pilot and then it was like they got their notes and the biggest notes were, hey, I got two notes. One, need a 50s guy from the other side of the track, so that's a given. <laughs> and then two... Why all the mullets? <laughs> like, I and Ziri, get the mullet out, get it out, and the main guy, he cannot have a party in the back. <laughs> get it? Gone. The, uh, I know, I know we won't dwell on this too much just because it's a different time, but the clothes were just wild. Like, I think 
1990, it was just the rule was there were no rules. You just wore whatever the fuck you wanted to. Yeah, and it was like fluorescent colors yeah. were really in. I just think of like, like... Like anything, anything went to the point where I feel like anybody wearing one of those outfits would kind of fit into 2019 in California. Because people, I mean, people were getting freaky now with just wearing whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. It, that's what I think of when I was watching <laughs> yeah. this of like all of the anything goes fluorescent, like bright pinks and like blues. I think of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Saved by the Bell. It was just, dude, that was early 90s. Like, that was it. It's like Brandon's walking around. I mean, well, the outfits he was wearing weren't like egregious, like uh, like our boy Steve. I know. But he'd roll up and he'd have like leather shoes on, like dress shoes, <laughs> yeah. baggy jeans, shirt tucked into those jeans with a belt. Yeah. And the shirt would have like a t-shirt with like rolled up sleeves. Yeah. Like, I feel baggy. like that kind of would still play. Like, if you went to a hipster bar, like, yeah. you could wear that and people wouldn't think you're weird. I think baggy stuff is, like, coming back with hipsters. I know. It sucks. It sucks. Well, here's the thing. That's not good for me. Here's the thing. Imagine, like, you know, like, when you first started wearing, like, skin, like, tighter jeans? Yeah. How you kind of felt self-conscious about it? Yeah. And then, like, it's slowly but surely you're like, all right, this feels good. And, like, this is right. Yeah. And everybody else was wearing them, so you feel good. Imagine like all of a sudden you're out one night and you're like really skinny jeans and you realize like yeah. that's the fucking shitty look. Yeah. And every like <laughs> so not only do you have these little skinny jeans that you're originally self-conscious about, now it's just like look at this fucking guy. <laughs> skinny ass jeans. Everybody's wearing baggy jeans now, <laughs> oh you God, idiot. Dude, I can see the exact outline of your motion. <laughs> yeah, there. exactly. I can see this guy's dick. Look, you can see his fucking phone and keys in his pocket. I, can see, I okay. am paranoid that that's going to happen to me one day. You've been saying that for a few years. You're like really <laughs> like on like watching out for when skinny jeans are no longer cool. You must still be self-conscious. Look at these. <laughs> Does this look like guy is self-conscious about his jeans? No, Pat has skinny jeans on and he's actually just cut a hole out of them for his wiener. It's really weird to look at. Yeah, it's relaxing this way. So let's go to a clip. Uh, we, I don't even think we've played a clip yet. So characters are over. We're now into the beginning of episode three. Um, there's a clip. I wanted to play this because this is, I want the, the kids to get a sense of like who Dylan is. So this is the first taste we get of them. They're going to, they're like in the, um, the photography green room or whatever you want to call it. That like room where it's like really dark and everything. It's just like a technology room. There's like computers and bullshit in there. So they're in there in this like freshman starts getting bullied. And then you just see this guy come out of the fucking shadows. And it's this. What did you say? Hey, 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 take it easy, guy. Well, race command anyway, huh? Touch that board, my friend. Please. Touch it. You know, the tragedy of this country is that cretins like you two end up running it. Yeah, losers like you end up... Let me tell you something, just so you know in advance. I'm not in a good mood today. In fact, I'm feeling a little hostile. Whoa. Friend's pretty cool. I never seen the guy in my life. It's like, fuck, dude. Who's this? Some badass that you don't want to mess with, dude. That's how, that's like the, I like that uh, mode that they put you in with them right away. Cause it's like, oh fuck, guy coming out of the shadows, looks like a fifties guy. He probably has like one <laughs> of those guy, like flip knives. This guy just come out of a time machine to beat some ass. Fifties <laughs> <laughs> guy comes out of the shadows and it's like, fuck, he's about to fuck this freshman up. And then it's like, oh no. Hey bullies, get fucking bent. Get lost. Get lost, bullies. By the way, I was thinking about this because the bullies are wearing uh, like football letterman jackets. Yeah. How terrible do you think West Beverly Hills' football team is? Oh, God. Because like, A, those two so football bad. player bullies were total pussies. 
Yeah. B, evidence B, at one point, I, I think the same kid is walking with his lunch and he's got books and uh, some like three football players are standing there and one just throws a football and knocks his tray out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was literally one of the worst football throws I've ever seen. Like his pocket yeah. mechanics, I think he threw it from like back behind and under yeah. his nipple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that and also when uh, they're driving Steve's car home, all of his football gear is in the car. So Steve's on the football team. <laughs> That's third piece of evidence. What do we think Steve is position wise? Uh, I could see him as a linebacker. Yeah. I, I think, think he's like a linebacker. linebacker. Because he's, he's a pretty beefy dude. He's beefy. He's the beefiest guy in the cast mm-hmm. by far. Um, Maybe they're like a tight end. Yeah, yeah, something in that mold. Either way, he looks unathletic as shit. <laughs> he does. Um, so yeah, Dylan stops bullying, and I just wrote down why. Because he can. Yeah. Like why not? I mean, if you're a fucking fifties guy living in like the future, and you're just like you've been placed in this high school. And you look like James Dean. I mean, I'd probably just like stop a couple bullies. Just walking around high school. Fuck it. Stopping bullies. Yeah. So after this, he like starts to befriend um, Brandon, a.k.a. Jason Priestley. And he like takes him surfing. Mm-hmm. And that's where like we find out like, oh, maybe Dylan, he's got like a crew from the wrong side of the tracks, like a surf. Like a wrong side of the beach. Weird dynamic with the crew. Yeah, I feel like we're never going to see that weird crew again. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. They're gone. Because it was essentially just like, we got to show who he was hanging out with before he starts hanging out with the main kids in this cast. And that's all that crew was good for. And they essentially spent all of episode three, I think, trying to showcase to us how like Dylan gets in with Brandon and all the teens. And that was how. So they take he takes some surfing. He shows him what the uh what is it called? The oh. uh he shows him about the green room. Yeah. The green room, dude. It's when you find the perfect wave. It's inside the perfect wave. Yeah, they were getting like really philosophical about like surfing and stuff and as a non surfer I just didn't really didn't really follow. get it. I'm I sure it's track. cool. But what I will say is um it was that classic scene, though, of, like, Brandon just fucking up beach etiquette so hard. Like, I think we talked about this way back in the day on the OC pods, but, dude, if you're on the beach and someone's going surfing and they clearly, like, know how to handle themselves on the waves and stuff, such a bad look if you fucking show up and you're just, like, doing that weird bodyboard sitch. Boogie board with, he had flippers on. He had flippers on. It's like, why? Why, dude? It's such a bad look of that like, would, dude. Th- that would suck. Dylan's though. cool. Man. Imagine like, imagine you uh, like in high school, maybe when you were a sophomore, junior in high school, your family moves out to California, and you're trying to make friends, and everybody can surf. And you're just, like, so clueless on surfing. And they've been surfing since, like, they were little kids, so they're sick. Yeah. And you're just like, I I don't think I can be cool because I can't surf. And there's no way if I come every single day that I'll ever be, like, good enough to even be able to hang. So, like, you almost have to pick a different lane at that point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just get, like, really good at skimming. Yeah. Skimboard? It's It's one thing to do. I, I would be But such... they're probably also good at skimboarding. Yeah, I know. Because, like, a... if you move from Cincinnati to, like, Pittsburgh, it's like, yeah, you could still be on the basketball team. Right. Yeah, I know. I would be such a fish out of water. That's why we were talking about, like, when um we went when I went to Laguna Beach and I went into Steven's old surf shop. Yeah. I was, like, so embarrassed because I was like, I got to get out of here. Like, I look like everyone looks at me and knows I know what I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and like, that's how I felt Brandon felt on the beach where it was just like, God, it's such a bad look when everyone knows surf etiquette and you just don't. Yeah. You know, it fucking sucks. I feel like the closest out like you come is when you go skiing with a bunch of people who know how to ski really well. And I go skiing uh, like yeah, 0.7 yeah. times a year. Yeah. So like I have fun with it, but like I can't hang on a black diamond. Mm-mm. I mean, look at me. 
You could if you had a lifetime of like training. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, I do the same thing. Whenever I go, uh, I've only been skiing like honestly like four or five times in my life, like snow skiing. And it always sucks because like if you go with friends, you're like, I can't hang on the cool hills. So I, dude, I went skiing last time I went skiing. I couldn't, the most high pressure situation in snow skiing is getting on the fucking, (laughs) yeah. what is that thing? The lift. The lift. Oh yeah. You gotta be ready. Pressure, dude. And I fucked it up like twice where I go to get in front of it and I like miss it and fall over. And then they just have to shut the entire lift down. So it's not even your friends that are pissed. It's like all the fucking skiers. All fucking 150 people in the snake lines. It's like, oh my God. This kid clearly doesn't know what he's fucking doing. And when I say kid, I mean this full grown adult male. And you know the exact noise that machine makes when it shuts down. It's like. (laughs) Yeah, dude. So I did that like twice last time I went skiing and it just. Again, it's like the surfing thing. It's I don't want to come back here because <laughs> I didn't just let my my friends down and myself down. I let down 150 strangers. Sorry, strangers. Fuck. Um, okay, so let's let's move on to back to what we were talking about about Dylan being super rich. So there's this scene where we find out about this because Dylan takes Brandon and he's doing like bad boy things. Yeah, breaking into a hotel. Broke into a hotel room go in there and he starts ordering all this like room service and shit and you're like fuck man this kid just broke into a hotel broke into the hotel room and now he's just like running up the fucking bill on like some guys it's a bad kid that's a bad kid and then there's this clip of after brandon gets on his high horse and he's like hey nah I'm not going to be a part of this. Fucking buzzkill brandon fucking buzzkill brandon and then there's this clip of what dylan tells him about his past Hey, Minnesota, wait up. The name's Brandon, all right? Brandon Walsh. It's Scotch-Irish, remember? How could I forget? You live here. Dad's corporate pad. It's mine when he's out of town. And how often is that? Often as possible. You see, my parents aren't exactly into parenting. But oh, don't tell them upstairs. Wouldn't want to spoil the fun. No, 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 we wouldn't want to do that. Well, stick around. Henry downstairs makes the best French fries in town. Brandon, come on. Wouldn't want to ruin my reputation. You're right. Wouldn't want to ruin the only real thing you've got. I don't know about you, but I feel like huge overreaction by Brandon in this moment. Like the next day, not only does he just be like, he storms out in that moment, but he's just bummed out about the whole thing the entire next day. So this And is I'm a, not totally sure why. This is a perfect transition into my M C I T Da Fall of the Week. That is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week and it is brought to you by Wickloware. W-I-C-K-L-O-W Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear. Wickloware.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check it with 10% off of your order. VL Swag. We got it on the website. Get at us kids on Instagram for the swag. $30 on the baseball tee. $20 on the tanks. $40 on the Henley sweatshirts. This week it goes to the aforementioned Brandon. By how he fucking reacts to fucking Dylan, dude, just pouring out his fucking heart like that? Yeah. I felt like that was like a like they were going to have a moment. Yeah, and Brandon, he also did the same thing with a girl. Um, I wrote down he did it with a girl at a beach where she's like getting drunk or something. I don't even know exactly what's happening. She's getting drunk on the beach. She's getting drunk on the beach and then wants to go surfing. And Brandon does this lame-ass thing where he's like, hey, Sarah. This isn't you, man. He's known this girl for all of 47 minutes and he's telling her like it's not her getting drunk on the beach. And honestly, dude, to me, all I kept thinking about with Brandon was like, he's that guy in those old commercials, those old stop cigarette smoking commercials where like the teens will go up to a kid and they'll be like, hey man, you want a, you want a cigarette? And then the kid will be like, hey. I only smoke fools like you on the b-ball court. No, he doesn't say that. 
he says like there's definitely a commercial <laughs> where he says that <laughs> yeah but he says like nah I'm good and then they just play a bunch of like sweet music and then they show him walking away high-fiving his other friends and it's like he stood up to the guy offering him a a cigarette <laughs> That's how I feel like Brandon is with everyone. He's constantly on a fucking pedestal and on his high horse, like judging people and looking down on them, which is weird because it's like, dude, Brandon, you're from Minnesota. I feel like I've never been to Minnesota, by the way. I should say that. But I feel like that's all the teens do up there is just drink beers. Right? Minnesota people are are the nicest human beings in the world, and they're super laid back and chill. Well, yeah, that's evident in the show. I think their family is like nice. But nice it's just family. like classic Midwest values, Minneapolis is. But like, I didn't. I don't understand why Brandon's coming in guns blazing on the fucking judgment on the Beverly Hills kids. Like, relax, Brandon. You're new here, bitch. Yeah, fit in, dude. Just try and do less and fucking fit in, bitch. So with that, Brandon, get fucked, get bent, get fucked, and get bent again. And be free and explore. Brought to you by Wicklow, where Brandon, blow me, bitch. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I love Dylan. I'm just, like, in on Dylan. Dylan's your guy? Yeah, like, so I was telling you, I watched the beginning of this for pre-search. Before we chose this show to do on the pod, because I wanted to vet it and make sure that it was cool, good to go for podcasting. The fact that it was on for 10 seasons didn't? No. Well, and we're like 2019 guys now. It's some. It's, this is now a show that's 30 years old. So <laughs> I wanted to vet it to make sure that there was enough here. And honestly, It's actually good. I mean, it's good. Like going back this far now that you you say it's thirty years old, that yeah. is kind of mind blowing to I know. be honest. I know, but it's good that like the same fucking teen drama like that doesn't change. The core oh, is still dude. there. That's why we were saying this. I think this really did. It started everything. I think Beverly Hills Nine Two One Zero started all teen drama in two thousand fifty. The same beats are going to be there for yeah. What other show is going to be? They'll and, probably be by somebody of water. Yeah. It'll be robots. It'll be robots by robot on the other on the other side of the machinery. Yeah, but I think this is where they they realize so quick and early on, like that whole trope of like other side of the tracks. Beverly Hills is one that realized it. They're like, whoa! If you don't have a Dylan, how? I mean, how bad would the OC be without a Ryan Atwood? I don't think it would be a show. How bad would Friday Night Lights be without fucking Tim Riggins? Enough said. Wow. Sorry, that was blasphemous. That was blasphemy. How bad would fucking Dawson's Creek be without Pacey or Katie Holmes? Both of them. Other side of the creek? Other side of the creek. (laughs) Would that show just be Dawson and Michelle Williams? Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) So, I, I got to the final scene, which is fucking dylan is sitting in a hotel room by himself darkness another layer smeared on i know we probably wrote down the same fucking notes on that scene because i literally was i literally wrote look l dot 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 a dot 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 y (laughs) i spelled out layers in all caps and spaced out the letters to further emphasize that was a layer building scene. You find out that he just is totally on his own. Like his parents are doing business or traveling or just being rich basically in Paris. And he can't even get a hold of them. Yeah. And, and he's like, just super lonely and by himself. And it's a cool scene because he's sitting in like almost complete darkness and he just has this one light shining on him. So he's like sitting in either a house or an or is he in the hotel room? He's in his hotel room, yeah. And he's sitting in there completely by himself, darkness, and there's just one light shining on him. And I was just thinking like, damn, dude, that's depressing. Maybe turn on the main light? Yeah, well, especially because, think about it this way. If you were in high school and your parents were out of town for like a couple weeks, it would be fucking sick. Yeah. Right? Especially if you had your own yeah. hotel room and your own car and you were super rich. But... His parents clearly do that so often that it it's sucked. just that, yeah, he's past the point of it being sweet and he just hates it. Yeah. It's kind of like when 
when I was in between jobs for like a four month stretch, it was so cool for like a week. And then after that, every day you wake up, you feel like the biggest pathetic waste of space in the world. It's and it's not, not contributing cool. to society. Right. <laughs> like you're just a waste of space. So I could see it being in that same vein. Like for a while it's cool, but just like everything, once the fucking novelty wears off and it becomes your reality, it's like, damn, no one loves me. AKA no one wants to hire me. <laughs> but yeah, it was really cool, dude. I loved that scene because to me, it, it just made me feel so much more connected to him. And he was sitting in the corner of the room by himself. His, he was sitting on the floor. His legs were like up into his body. And it was like him just like leaving a message on an answering machine, like or whatever, trying to get a hold of his parents and no one getting back to him. And then he, him hanging up the phone. And then like all with a look, it was like, damn, maybe it's not great being Dylan. There's some shit going on fuck and then that's when i realized that we may have a new title belt holder for greatest smolder champion he's got a good smolder he's got a great brood he's the brooder brooder in the show show, no doubt that that's not even yeah that's gonna be completely obvious but i so brooding aside because obviously he's the brooder are we gonna say that him versus chad michael murray in one tree hill Who's the Smolder champion? I'm gonna have to watch a couple more episodes. I just need some more. I just need some more games. Because he's got a lot of this. Yeah, he does that a lot. His his uh, forehead is like already wrinkly as fuck because he's <laughs> smoldering all the time. Um, I'm fucking in. I'm fucking in. Um, yeah. Should we spend a little bit more time with some of the female characters? Like yeah, Brenna? that that was the problem. Is that in this episode they're they're. It was mostly Dylan and Brandon, so we didn't get too much of the females. Well, the, uh, is, what, shit, I forget her name, his sister, Bren. Brandon. Brenda. 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 <laughs> that's why I was confused. I was like, is it Brenda? Are Brandon? they really Brandon and Brenda? Yeah, that's weird. It's strange. Um, but her story is basically her trying to fit in with the cool girls. Yep. And she obviously is from that wholesome Minnesota town, and she's trying to step up her game and, like, hang with these girls who just... Don't have a curfew, don't like have any rules. Her mom's embarrassing her and that kind of stuff. But and like they the clearly rich, identify but, her as like a hot, popular girl, so they just bring her into the fold. I mean that that again to me was like wow, that was pretty quick. I I thought stuff the same thing. Like by the time the pilot was halfway over, like these characters already had like a bunch of friends. Which to me, it's like that must just be on a looks level. Yeah. Like they, they go, oh, these people from Minneapolis are here, but they look hot. So by, yeah, they get, they get woven into the cool, hot people crew. Yeah. Um, and in the moment, this was a tough scene. Uh, chemistry class. Do you remember the scene where um, she first meets Kelly and their lab partners? Yeah, Kelly is Jenny Garth, the hot blonde. Yeah, hot rich the blonde. The teacher basically says, all right, be careful who you pick wisely who you sit next to because that's your lab partner for the rest of the year and there's this really weird scene that definitely doesn't play in 2019 where there's this like very um let's say frumpy girl just walks into class and nobody wants to be her lab partner because she's big (laughs) and uh she walks like by kelly's desk and kelly goes sorry the seat's taken already Damn, fucking And this, like, sad fat girl is just like, okay. And she walks this way, and she looks at Brenda, and she's like, here, you can sit here. Oh, (laughs) God, dude. And so she's just like, oh, there's a hot girl. Like, like, I want to be lab partners with a hot girl, not this girl, who's probably fucking smart. Yeah. It was just serious And then I was like, because when the girl walked in, I was like, oh, is this going to be, like, the next character? Because I just don't mean the characters. I was like, oh. No, she's just set up to be fucking the butt of this job. <laughs> no, she's Jesus. overweight, Pat. Come <laughs> and then you never see her again. Yeah. But to me, that actually kind of showed how it was like Beverly Hills. Because oh, everyone's yeah. so superficial there and like so much on like concerned about looks. So to me, it kind of rang true. But yeah, to your point, when you see those scenes in 2019, it's definitely like a, mm, ooh, ooh, that was tough. <laughs> 
That one was tough. Yeah, I, I do. And it also reminded me of, so when we were in L.A., because um, there's also a scene about them, like, shopping in Beverly Hills and stuff. And there's this uh, clip where the aforementioned uh, Kelly, a.k.a. Jenny Garth, the hot blonde, takes Brenda into a Beverly Hills store. And Brenda, like, looks at the jeans and she's like, 150 bucks? Whoa, what the fuck? And I was just laughing because I'm like, like what? We exclusively wear Japanese traveler pants right now, jeans. On this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Dude, how amazing would it be if we got Japanese traveler as a fucking sponsor of this pod? But it wasn't Banana Republic that sponsored us. It was just the Japanese traveler jeans. Like, like uh, kind of like how avocados from Mexico have their own commercials. It's just Japanese denim. We're sponsored by Japanese denim. Yeah. Yeah, they don't even need to really be from Banana Republic. It just needs to be fucking denim that comes straight from Japan. I say we just we start the ball rolling and hope they come to us. Yeah. So should we say that from from now on your MVP is just sponsored by Japanese denim? I think we should. <laughs> okay. We'll we'll do that when we get to that. So my last point though about them shopping on uh, in Beverly Hills with the hundred and fifty dollar jeans was I did go shopping once when we were in L.A. on Rodeo Drive just to, like, see what it was like. And while, it, you know, it was 2009, so it was 20 years later, I still had that exact same moment. Like, I went into a shop, and I was looking at, like, fucking things as innocuous as jeans. You know, it's not like a full suit or something, like, crazy. And I do remember looking at him and being like, $300 for a fucking pair of just jeans? No. no thank you. So that that whole dynamic is definitely there. Like, the Rodeo Drive shit is, like, crazy. Do you see the MILF Hunter? Yeah. Are there? Yeah. In Rodeo? Oh, I've seen it. Tight. Is that the one with Cherokee? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. Hypothetically. Whatever. Whatever. I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. Um, there is a scene that I liked because um, I think the first night that she goes to a party with uh, this new car full of like cool girls, Kelly's driving, and like she, she comes out with her mom, and her mom wants to meet all the girls and like let her know the curfew and all that stuff, and she just kind of has to squeeze in the back. The second time she goes out with these girls, shotgun is reserved for her. So it's like... She just climbed her way right to the top of that pecking order. It reminded me a lot of uh, when we did, uh, when I did Mean Girls with Mag D. And uh, there's there's always that scene with the the cool hot chicks in high school where, like, there's a pecking order It's very subtle, but they're all somehow aware of it. Yeah. I don't know if this is a real life thing, but it's definitely in movies. In Mean Girls, it was when they were going out to their Christmas show or whatever to do their dance. And Regina George tells the other girls, uh, hey fucking Lindsay Lohan you're now my number two <laughs> it was guy had that same feeling it's like, like uh, the closest real life thing I can think of is when uh, Kristen Cavalier is walking down the street with her friends and they're like in formation yeah with her out front in like a triangular formation I think it's more true with girls than it is guys I don't think guys like in high school really have like a pecking order of like Hey, you're my number one, you're my number two, fall in line. When we walk somewhere, you're on my left, you're on my right. I don't ever remember that when we were in high school. Yeah, well, it was like constant competition. And you're very, as a dude, you're very much aware of like, of like, let's say you're in a group of eight friends. You're very much aware if somehow a Royal Rumble broke out, you know exactly who would win. (laughs) And you know what place you would get in. (laughs) Last. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, these two podcasters probably last seventh and eighth place. Seventh and eighth place. Um, so okay. I think that's what keeps us dudes in check with that kind of shit. Last couple takeaways. I've got three. You tell me where you net out on these. Last couple initial takeaways from our first part one of Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero one. We already discussed it. Eighties and nineties tones. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
I don't know what they're supposed to make me feel, but I know, I'm not feeling it anymore. Like, a, a, an emotional scene, like, that emotional tone to me is not making, it's not putting me in the moment as, as like it should. It's not moving the needle. And then I think you also talked about, like, a guitar one where it's supposed they, to be they like a, a... They do a lot of... And it's just like, this is a teen drama. Give me some fucking acoustic music, please. Yeah, indie acoustic music. That's all I need. It's just like the indie bands. Playing. It's just the evolution. They'll eventually learn. You know? Yeah. So that that to me was tough in both uh, Beverly Hills and Dawson's Creek a little bit, which was also a 90s show. Um, two, also talked about this. Wrote this down. Initial takeaway. Dylan is a fucking star. Yeah. Enough said. We already okay. talked about that. Okay. And then this third one we haven't talked about and we should spend a little time on. I wrote weird incest sexual tension between... Brandon and Brenda the entire time. Yeah, they're. Uh, I don't have a twin sister. Neither do you. So not I guess that I, I know of. Really speak from too much experience about it, but yeah, they're uh, really close. I'll say that. I honestly, yeah, I just kept thinking, is it on right now? <laughs> <laughs> the brother and sister, because I feel like Jason Priestley, aka Brandon, and. Shannon Doherty, a.k.a. Brenda, are just about to start making out. And the final scene was them walking arm in arm down the hallway in high school and doing some weird overlapping thing with their legs. Yeah, like some dance. Some dance, like where they were touching legs and stuff. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, we'll have to wait and see as we watch this show, but I feel like... <laughs> I feel like this brother and sister are totally going to start hooking up. Yeah, we'll be on the lookout. We'll be on the lookout. All right. Last thing, your MVP. And again, this is brought to you by Japanese Denim, our fine, fine new sponsor, Japanese Denim. Who do you got? Our Japanese Denim MVP. I'm going to keep piling on. You've given him enough love already, so I almost feel guilty about this. It's got to be Dylan. Yeah. It can go to no one else. Yeah, he took the show to a new level. Honestly, probably Jason Priestley is good looking and charismatic enough to like carry the show. But the addition of an even hotter, even cooler guy just brings the thing up to like an eleven. The, I yeah, I I think it's pretty self-explanatory that this show it cannot and does not exist unless that weird producer makes that suggestion that, like, look, why is there no one from the wrong side of the tracks? And they did, and it became the biggest teen staple that we have to date besides teen dramas needing to be by a body of water. Like, a guy's going to get the MVP if he does these five things in the same one episode of television. Whoa, that's a lot. Follow me here. Okay. Defends a nerd against some bullies. One. Gets in a fight versus two surfers and breaks their surfboard. Two. Breaks down in an emotional brood while trying to contact his parents who have abandoned him. Layer building check. Three. Earnestly tells his new friend that he really wants to be friends with him. More layers. Direct quote. Fucking four. Wears overalls throughout the entire episode. With one. One overall unhitched. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, dude, fucking Dylan just making overalls look sweet as hell. It was like I was watching James Dean in every attire facet. Attire facet. A-T-T-I-R-E facet, not entire. It was like I was watching James Dean in an entire attire facet. (laughs) If James Dean just replaced his 50s jeans with overall jeans because everything else was the same you know what hair his fucking smolder his leather jacket his white tee and his chuck tees and his convertible car everything matched up except he had overalls there's one thing like now that you keep bringing up james dean is really making this stick out in my brain that's kind of a miss i feel like he should be smoking oh yeah dude i feel like he should be smoking cigarettes if luke perry Dylan was smoking cigs in this? Damn. 
we wouldn't have had to wait until Mad Men made Smoking Sigs Cool Again in 2007 on Netflix. Mm -hmm. We would have had it made cool again in 1990 by fucking Dylan. I don't even know his last name. Who cares? Dylan Perry. All right. Is that it for you? That's it. That's it for me. So, part one of the Beverly Hills 90210 podcast in the books. Kids, you know what time it is. You got to tuck on in, kids. You sleep tight. You have a really good night. Sleep, kids. And Pat, tell them. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Do less, kids. Do way less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.